Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. There's always more to learn about walking with God, and our communion with Him is uh, inseparable from our faith in Him and our trust in Him. And faith is not just this ethereal, mysterious thing that nobody can understand. It's very real. It can be fed. It can be exercised and developed. Uh, Jesus talked about uh, to people, you know, sometimes He'd ask individuals, where is your faith? How is it that you have no faith? Sometimes he said, O ye of little faith. And a couple of times he said, O such great faith, I haven't found anywhere else. And so, uh, thank God, our faith, even though it might have been at zero, it can go from zero to some, <laughs> even to little. Little's better than none, right? But then it can keep growing. Until it becomes strong. Strong in faith. Hallelujah. Like Abraham. Giving glory to God. So let's pray. Father, all of us agree together as touching this. Asking you for the utterance. For the anointing. Just what we had confessed about strength coming into us. And us being built up to, uh, to trust you. And to, to follow you. And to please you and fulfill your will in our lives. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look please again in Hebrews, the third chapter, our main text in our series that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. In Hebrews 3, 7, he said, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me or tested me and saw my works 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart. They have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren. Now he's talking, brethren, he's talking about us, Christians, believers. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Can a believer act like an unbeliever? Yeah. Can somebody who's been saved make wrong choices and yield to fear and unbelief and even be defiant and rebellious? Certainly, you can. You shouldn't, but you can. You don't lose your will just because you got saved. God never overrides people's wills and forces them to believe Him or receive Him or obey Him against their will. He doesn't. 
that, that make us into something else other than what we are. We, are. we have a free will. So he keeps saying, verse 13, today, lest any of you be hardened. Verse 15, today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts. He keeps on saying that. Don't harden your heart. Go with me, please, to Deuteronomy, the ninth chapter. Deuteronomy 9 is, is a bit of a summary of what we've been studying in Exodus and in Numbers. And he is giving an overview of what has happened. Verse 6, he said, understand, this is Deuteronomy 9, 6, understand that the Lord your God gives you not this good land to possess it for your righteousness. For you are a stiff-necked people. <laughs> Remember and forget not how you provoked the Lord, your God, to wrath in the wilderness from the day that you did depart out of the land of Egypt until you came to this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Now, one reason we're reading this, I want to emphasize and to make the connection between unbelief, like he's talking about in Hebrews 3.19, evil unbelief, and rebellion. Unbelief is not just innocent ignorance. Now you can be in unbelief because of ignorance, but if you look to the Lord, He'll fix that for you. Right? He'll show you some things. He will enlighten your darkness and you will see answers and you will see something to believe instead of just being ignorant. But it'll still be your choice, whether you believe it or not. And so he's saying they rebelled against him and were stiff-necked. Stiff-necked means unyielding, won't give in, taking a stance. And it is, it's noticeable. Have you ever been talking to somebody? And they got stiff-necked on you? <laughs> While you were talking, you could see them hardening. Like, they're not going to do it. They are not going to give. They are not going to give in. Well, when it comes to the enemy, you want to be that way. Right? That you are not going to give in to the enemy. But when it comes to God, that's the worst mistake you could make is getting stubborn with Him. You know, we don't want the Lord to have to tell us something 30 times. Do we? We don't want the Lord to have to wait on us for 10 years <laughs> while we're wondering about if we're ever going to obey Him or not. Who is He? And who are we? Right? To make Him wait on us. It's happened a lot. But let's make a change. Everybody pray this prayer out loud. Say, Father God, at any time, I've made you wait on me. I've been slow to believe, slow to repent, or slow to obey. I repent. That's not right. You shouldn't have to wait on me. You shouldn't have to tell me repeatedly. I repent, I repent, and I judge that. I, judge that. 
I don't want to be like that. Have mercy on me. I choose to listen to you. Work in me to will and to do of all your good pleasure. I want to be willing. I want to be obedient. I want to follow you fully. That's my choice. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just, just having that kind of heart adjustment can totally open your life up to new possibilities in him. Good things. Keep reading. It said, uh, he said, you've, you've been rebellious against the Lord, verse 7. In Horeb, you provoked the Lord to wrath so that the Lord was angry with you to have destroyed you. When I was gone up to the mount to receive the tables of stone, the tables of covenant which the Lord made with you, and I abode in the mount forty days and forty nights. I neither did eat bread nor drink water. And the Lord delivered to me two stone tables of stone written with the finger of God. And on them was written according to all the words which the Lord spake with you in the mount of the midst, out of the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. And it came to pass at the end of the forty days and forty nights, the Lord gave me the two tables of stone, the tables of the covenant. And the Lord said to me, Arise, get you down quickly from here, for your people that you have brought out of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They're quickly turned aside out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten image. Boy, God wasn't even claiming them at that point. Can you see that? He said, You're, you're a bunch that you brought. He's like, <laughs> well, it is ridiculous, right? That what? Less than two months later, after hearing God's voice out of the fire, you will not have any other gods. You will not make any molten images. Less than two months later, they made so. There's no excuse for that. There's forgiveness, but no excuse. And so he went on to say, furthermore, the Lord spoke to me and said, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Let me alone, that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven. I'll make of you a nation mightier and greater than they. Hmm. So this attitude of defiance and rebellion is also called unbelief. Unbelief. You can see why the Lord, the Lord Jesus in his ministry, earthly walk, he said the things that he said. You know, when he came down off the Mount of, of Transfiguration and uh, they brought the boy to him that had been uh, afflicted and had seizures and everything else. And, and he, said, uh, he said to the group, he said, how long will I put up with you? Uh, faithless, unbelieving generation. This is an irritant to God. And he is entirely justified in being irritated and angered about it because he has never given us any reason to doubt him. He's never lied. Is that true? Never lied. Never, it's impossible for him to lie. He's never indicated that he has ill will or evil intent toward us. 
always for our good. And you would. If you, if you had gone out of your way and gone to the greatest effort and expense to do something for, for somebody else and they wouldn't even say thank you and they never would appreciate it and uh, every time they turn around they're talking bad about you and murmuring against you and, and all they want to do is leave you and, and go somewhere else, would you like that? No, you wouldn't. I assure you. You wouldn't be as patient as he's been. None of us would be. That's one of the most amazing things about him. His patience. His mercy endures. He's warned human beings. And sure enough, it'll come to pass. A thousand years later. Mercy. Mercy. The Bible even says right now. That some people mock and scoff and says, where's his coming? Everything continues like it has been for, you know, centuries and centuries. But the scripture says, it's the long suffering of God, not willing that any should perish. Every day he waits, every year he waits, is an opportunity for people to get saved. Is that right? Mercy for even the hardheads. <laughs> you right? Even the rebels. Even the stubborn. So I know it's not all fun and games down here, but I trust him, don't you? That he knows when's the right time to say, okay, that's it. When the trumpet sounds. When he returns. Until then, there's opportunity. Hallelujah. There's opportunity. There's billions of people on this planet. Most of them don't know him. Don't care. But while there's breath, while there's light and life, there's hope. And there are people getting saved. I said there are. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of people getting saved. And even people that got away from God, they're coming back to Him. Hallelujah. And today's a good day for you to come back. If you've been putting something off, well, you know, maybe before I die. Well, how do you know when that is? This world's a dangerous place. A lot of people are going to leave here today. Then not all of them are old. And I assure you, many of them didn't think they'd be leaving today. You want to always be ready to go at any time. So pray this prayer with me. And let's affirm or reaffirm our faith today. If you've never prayed it, pray it with faith. If you did and you got away from God, come back now. Everybody said out loud, Father God, Father God I believe in you. I trust you. And I believe in your Son, whom you sent to earth. And he died on the cross and was judged for our sins. And you raised him from the dead. He's not dead. He's alive. King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, I receive you and all you have given us. I receive forgiveness, cleansing, washing, redemption, righteousness. Thank you for saving me. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We put all our trust, not in our works to be saved. People say, well, I, I hope I've been good enough. You have not. If you could be good enough to be saved on your own, you wouldn't need Jesus. You wouldn't need a Savior. Nobody can be saved on their own good works. There is no salvation. There's salvation in no other name except that name, the name of Jesus, the Son of God. Hallelujah. Are you glad? Jesus is your Lord. Come on, say it out loud, out loud. Jesus is my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer. Hallelujah. And you know, whatever you confess Him to be to you, that gives Him a right to be that to you, to manifest. You're not just to believe He's a Savior. No, He's my Savior. And you want to go ahead and say, He's my healer. He's my protector. He's my provider. Whatever you say that He is to you, He's the apostle and high priest of our confession. He works with what we say. So say it out loud again, Jesus, Jesus you, are you are my Savior. You're my Redeemer. You're my, Redeemer. You're my healer. You're my deliverer. You're my protector. You're my provider. Thank you for doing all these things for me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go, go with me to Mark, the 16th chapter. At the end of this book of Mark, we see what we call the, uh, the Great Commission or the, the, the main directive for the church, Mark 16 and, and 15. He said, uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. And these signs will follow them that believe. And so if you prayed that prayer with us for the first time, you do want to be baptized. Uh, find you a church. And get in there, and baptism, water baptism doesn't save you, but it is a public demonstration of your faith. If you're ashamed to let anybody know that you are a Christian, are you a Christian? If you, Jesus said, if you won't confess me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. You've got to be willing to make a public confession, and that's what water baptism is. It's identification with Christ, doing it in front of whoever is there and anybody, preferably in front of your family too. But uh, prior to him saying that, um, Jesus had, had raised from the dead. And um, the women saw him at the tomb back in verse 9. And um, verse 11, when they had heard that he was alive... When they, they told the others, the women told the others, and had been seen of her, they believed not. They what? They believed not. Now, if you read the previous chapters, Jesus had told them over and over what was going to happen. He told them he was going to be mocked, he was going to be rejected of the chief priests and elders, and he was going to be uh, scourged, he was going, he told them, they saw it in the scriptures, in prophecy, and that he would be raised the third day. 
He had told them this repeatedly. Now it has happened. And not only was he mocked and, and, and judged and rejected and crucified, but now the tomb's empty. And now one of their own has said, uh, I, I, I saw it. And they, they made a choice to what? Believe not. Say it out loud. Faith is a choice. Believing is a choice. Doubting is a choice. You'll hear people say sometimes, I'm sorry, I just can't believe that. That is an untrue statement. Some say, well, how do you know it's untrue? If I say, okay, then I can't. No. By nature of what faith is, faith is not based on your understanding or your knowledge. Faith is a choice. Uh, Hebrews 11 talks about this. Faith is the substance or the, the foundation of things expected. It is the evidence of things what? Not seen. So a faith is not based on what you understand or what you see or what you feel. Believing is not seeing. People say, well, seeing is believing. Wrong again. No, no, no. Believing is when you don't see. You don't understand. It's a choice. Could these uh, people have made a different choice right here? When she told them, when, when Mary Magdalene told them uh, about, you know, what they had seen, what they had experienced, could they have said, well, he said he would rise again, right? And the prophecies foretold it. But they chose not to believe. They chose to believe, no, no, he hadn't raised from the dead. I mean, that's impossible, right? They chose not to believe. Say it out loud again. Believing, Believing. is a choice. choice. Doubting is the choice. So when people say, I just can't believe. No, you said it wrong. You should say, I choose not to believe. You could believe if you chose to. Not based on what you see or understand. That's the nature of faith. After that, verse 12, he appeared in another form. Jesus actually showed up and talked to two individuals as they were walking down the road. And, it, and it, at one point, he revealed himself to them, and they realized, it's the Lord. The Lord what? The Lord that was crucified. The Lord that was dead. The Lord that they put in the tomb. And they said he's not in there, and that's because he's here. <laughs> and so they went and told it to the others, to the twelve and the others that were with them. Neither believed they them. It's a choice, right? Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter if you hung out with Jesus personally for years. <laughs> when it comes time, it's still your choice, right? Whether you believe it, whether you don't. And here are good people. These are good people. Jesus' disciples, they're good people. But they're making the wrong choice. They're choosing not to believe. They're like, eh, 
I don't know what these guys are doing, but no, I, I don't think they saw Jesus. Now, Mary, Magdalene, you know, she gets excited sometimes. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. She's so upset over Jesus being crucified. Maybe she had an episode. I, I don't know. <laughs> but then, is this okay? Huh? It's not okay. Verse 14, afterward, he, Jesus himself, appeared to the eleven. He shows up. They see him. And the first thing he does is what? Upbraids them. Upbraid. That's a strong word. That's reprove. Correct. Why? Because of how serious this is. What keeps people out of heaven? Refusing to believe. See, the Lord is not just emotional. He doesn't do things for no reason. If he speaks strongly about something, it's because it is really serious. Life and death. Heaven and hell. That's how serious believing is. And so, they could have done better. They should have done better. They were with him. How many think these guys heard a lot of good faith teaching? Oh. Yeah. oh. <laughs> huh? Did they hear some good word? Did they see some miracles? Did they know all things are possible with God? Right? I mean, they had even, they had even seen and known Lazarus being raised from the dead. They know it's not impossible. And yet, see, this whole world is inundated with the spirit of unbelief and disobedience, the darkness and the curse. It's always pushing against your mind and your feelings to be negative and to talk death and to talk defeat. You actually have to fight against it to be a believer, which is why it says fight the good fight of faith. If you just yield to your flesh, you'll slump down in your chair and you go, what's the use? No, oh no, I don't know. I can't believe all that. That's too, that's too good to believe. You better stir yourself up. You're a believer. Right? God's done too much for you. And so Jesus, he upbraided them because of their unbelief and their what? Hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. He was telling them, you should have believed them. I had told you. I prepped you. We saw it in the scriptures. I told you repeatedly. Said out loud. I choose, I choose to, believe, to believe, to be quick to believe all things the Lord says to me. Not to be hard-hearted, to be tender-hearted, quick to believe, quick to respond, quick to trust Him, quick to obey. Hallelujah. Well, our time's up again today. But how many think something good is working inside you and we are not going to be influenced by this evil, unbelieving world? 
Well, there's a lot more to see. Come back tomorrow. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 